Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life, so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel, and ladies, I have a question for you. Are you tired of feeling like you're the one putting in all the effort to make your relationships work? Then go to speakingofpartnership.com right now and click on the big red Tell Me More button and find out how you can get men to do their part. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited today to bring you our featured guest, Dorothy A. Martin Neville. Dorothy, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much. It's a joy to be here. Thank you. So for any of you listening that maybe aren't familiar with Dr. Dorothy's work yet, she is a PhD. She's an internationally known keynote speaker, an author, a mentor, and a frequent radio and television guest. She's actually been featured on Oprah's own network, as well as numerous magazines and newspapers, including the New York Times and the Huffington Post. Dr. Dorothy is a licensed psychotherapist in practice for over 25 years. Now, her fascinating life includes living in an orphanage, being adopted and raised in the housing projects of South Boston in a violent alcoholic home. Later, she became a Catholic nun, an international airline stewardess, and so much more. Dr. Dorothy has learned professionally and personally what she speaks about in her frequent requested talk, Five Steps to Claiming Your Dreams. Ultimately, because of her inspiring life journey and and that of so many others, she came to see that those who passionately and positively live this journey, rather than merely survive it, knowing that anything is possible, these are the folks who achieve real success and help. Now, she specializes in mentoring leaders who are ready for the next step in their leadership development, allowing them to recognize there's no limit other than the ones they set themselves. Dr. Dorothy calls to all whom she speaks with humor and profound spiritual insight to live their life fully, becoming who they're meant to be, passionately and vibrantly to support their spiritual growth, emotional intelligence, and physical health. Dorothy, take a minute here, fill in any blanks in that intro, and then give us a little glimpse into your personal life, if you would. Oh my goodness, the blanks, there's... Too many blanks. Life is a long word. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But you've certainly encompassed much, much of it right there. Um, I just, my life has just been a great big adventure after another. Some really phenomenally and some you, you go through and you figure out what am I learning in this process and you come out the other side. But um, I don't know if there's any part of it I wouldn't go through because, boy, it's it's been a gift in, in, in wisdom and adventure. Fantastic. Well, I'll tell you where I would love to start with you today because obviously our focus is partnership. And one of the things that I find super helpful for myself personally, and I hear this from many of our guests, is having kind of a guiding principle. And sometimes it's a quote or a mantra, but just something you can come back to that kind of anchors you when you get a little little bit off in the weeds regarding your partnership or your relationships. And I'm, I'm curious what you use for that kind of guiding principle and, and how you would recommend our, our listeners apply it in their lives. Well, I, I actually use two, depending on the moment. I frequently am heard to say we are all in this together, that none of us are any more significant or um, special 
that we're all in this one together and hopefully we're all working towards the same dream. That really allows me to begin to see that isolation is not a good option. There's another one also that's frequent and it really is just a subset of that that states, and because it's how I truly see this, that we are all embodied souls. And many of us are trying to live more and more becoming that authentic self. That allows me to really become discerning and looking at and developing a partnership. Is this truly somebody that I'm looking at, whether it's in my business or as a friend or in an intimate relationship? Is it somebody that truly is trying to live that authentic self? Or are they far more defended and more about control or invisibility or um, battle? And it really is important to me. It's, it's one of my discerning factors um, because I do see all of us as embodied souls. And I think we all live, we live that differently. Some of us are living consciously, developing our spiritual growth and our emotional intelligence as we go. And those are the folks that I love to bring into my journey because they mirror for me and they call me constantly to keep becoming more of who I'm meant to be. Yeah, that, that is a great, great guide guideposts, if you will, because it, I think we miss that sometimes, right? We don't, we just blow by that and we look at kind of what are the possible rewards of this partnership, but it's, it's so valuable to say, you know, is this somebody that's really showing up that I, I can, you know, partner with in that way where we're both showing up authentically? Right. Nice. Well, Dorothy, one of the things that I love about this show, and I know our listeners tell me this all the time, is, is the stories that our guests share. And I'd love to dive into one right now. What I'd love for you to do is take us to a time in your life when you kind of tripped up in a partnership and, and tell us that story. In other words, what were you doing? How did you trip up? What did you trip on? And, and then give us a kind of an expansion as to what you learned from that experience that helped you move forward. Well, I would love to tell you that I learned my lessons after the first time, but that's not always the case. <laughs> so what... What I can say is, going back, I was married for 15 years, many years ago. I've been divorced almost 20 years. That one of the ways, when I look at, you know, because in any relationship ends, I don't care if it's business or personal, there's always two elements to that. There's two sides to that. So when I look at how did I trip up, what did I do, what I can see is that it was a pattern of mine that at that point in time, Thank God, not any longer. But I didn't, I didn't fully claim my presence in that relationship. I worked so hard to be good, so hard to be um, comforting and soothing and non-threatening that what I ended up doing was disappearing. And realized that the more I didn't share everything I was, everything of who I was, the less and less invested or the less and less present I became. I was invested in the longevity, but not necessarily invested in the quality. I mean, this is hindsight is wonderful when you can look at that and realize that when we don't truly show up, we can't truly claim that we were really there working on something, making it everything it could possibly be, because we chose instead to hold ourselves back so we weren't too much, so we didn't make somebody uncomfortable, so we weren't really present. 
And I noticed, you know, as I understood that, I looked further and further and realized as I looked that I often didn't show up fully. If I thought this would make somebody uncomfortable or this may be judged or this may be not appropriate, that it gave me permission not to be present in my relationships fully. And it was, it's not a really good way to do it. And thankfully, after a number of mistakes and, and increasing wisdom, I could see how common a trait that is in so many, but I could really begin to be much more fully present in all of my relationships going forward. That's a great story. Thank you for that, because I think many of us can relate to disappearing on some level in our relationships. And oftentimes it isn't apparent until afterwards. And your comment about it was you were more focused on longevity than on quality really struck me because, I, again, I, I feel like that's a common theme is it's like, well, we'll make this work. We'll make this work. I might be miserable the whole time, but I'll, I'll be in there as opposed to really showing up and owning what you need and who you are in that relationship and putting the quality first. So really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. You're so welcome. So what I'd like to do is is take a little different approach to kind of where we, you know, have a wake up. And, and I call it a time when we had a dull moment where we were like, seriously, how did I miss this? How have I been doing this for so long? And suddenly, boom, it shows up. And what I'd love for you to do is share us a story when you had that experience and then give us some some insights as to how you were able to take that wake-up moment and turn it into a building block for your future partnerships? I think it was it, truly in following the same that same line that uh, years later I was in another um, dating relationship and realized that I was um, not really present. I had been much more so than before because I had learned significantly but then I learned that, um, and I speak about this actually as, as a, and I write about it in my books, is that um, what I discovered is that when something wasn't satisfying to me in, in a relationship, it's because they had no clue what I wanted. I was open. I love life and I love learning. And so I just keep learning, was keep learning and learning from this person I was involved with and learning so much about things I liked that I'd never been exposed to before. New adventures I didn't know about, things I thought I physically couldn't handle. Then I realized I can do a marathon. I can do this. I can do these things. And it was really, really exciting for me. And I got so lost in the adventure of all these new adventures that after a while I had to stop and say, is this really good for me? You know, is it really good to always do something just because we can? Or is it better to take alone time, take quiet time, and really catch up with ourselves? And it was, um, it was an amazing experience because with the more we take time to be alone, the more we reconnect with us and realize we don't have to be busy and we don't have to always be doing new adventures. So that when we do come out, it's so much easier to be more fully present and and enjoy it because we're not going from activity to activity to activity. So many life lessons we have to keep on learning if we choose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. You just reminded me years ago, probably almost 20 years ago, I had this very, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, clearly memorable experience because I can still recall it where uh, a 12-year-old boy walked up to me at an event I was at. I'd never spoken to him in my life. And he said, Ken, do you meditate? 
and I kind of was surprised by the question. I looked at him and I'm like, well, you know, probably not as much as I'd like to. And he goes, well, you know what Gandhi said? When you're busy, meditate more. Right. And he walked away. And that's the only words this boy ever said to me in my entire life. And I'm just like, who sent you over here? That was amazing. And it's a constant reminder for me when I'm like, I don't have time. I don't have time. It's like, oh, wait, what if I just slowed down? Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've done that because, you know, our deepest relationship, besides the one with ourselves, is the one with spirit. However we perceive that, the universe, God, uh, it, it doesn't matter what our faith system is. But our relationship with ourself is most imperative. But that's really deepened when we take the time out to stop and meditate and connect with whatever that bigger than us is for us. And I realized, and now I meditate every morning when I wake up. I do meditations every evening before I go to sleep. And during the course of the day, whenever I feel like I'm out of my own body, whenever I'm just into will and pushing and doing, because we can get periods of our life when there's overload of work. And as soon as I experience that in my body, I stop. And literally, it takes 10, 20 seconds to come back. So that now it's a way of life, and I absolutely love it. It reminds me that there's me here in my life, and out there at arm's length are my children and my friends and my clients and my patients and, and all of those other things in my journey. That's all out there at arm's length. Within me is this embodied soul. That's the first thing I have to nurture. The rest is the life I've, part of the life I've created, which is very different for me. And I think when you develop that sense of solid connection to self, you are far more prepared to have an absolutely healthy, connected relationship with somebody else. Because it really states that I found me and I'm present in me. And now I have that much more of me I can share with you that I couldn't have shared before because I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, thank you. Well, Dr. Dorothy, what I'd like to do is actually kind of shift gears now. And what I'd like to ask you to do is share with us a story of what I call a proudest moment in partnership. And what I mean by that is a, a moment in partnership when you think of it and you can't help but smile. I am really blessed to have many of those. I really, really am blessed. Um, I would back up and say that for 19 years... I had a school I founded. It was the Institute of Healing Arts and Sciences. I was teaching a method of energy medicine I had created. And it was simply, um, it started off as a six-week course in self-healing through the human energy field and ended up becoming a four-year program teaching physicians, nurses, occupational therapists, massage therapists, and so forth. And others, a method of energy medicine, looking at the psychological and spiritual causes of disease. And as a pioneer in the field, I was out there always being challenged and questioned about the validity of my work. And I had my, it ended up growing so much, I had 30 on my teaching staff and 16 preceptors overseeing the medical internship program because I had students flying in from around the country and some came in from Canada and the islands. And my team and I, were so close and so connected that when I look back on those days where 
we would get together with such joy and excitement because we together as a team were watching people transform themselves in this work, really wake up and come alive and claim lives they never knew were possible. And I wasn't doing this alone. I was doing it with a group of people I had trained, each with unique gifts. And it just, it just brings such joy to think about what we created as a team as a group and watch those teachers come into their own and that that pride and that presence it, it was a gift it still is a gift those kinds of things stay with you when they resonate in you your cellular memory is there and it can bring you back to smile in a minute when you remember the experience of being there yeah I, that sounds like that definitely could so i'm curious and I'm, I'm guessing this question popped into many people's heads as you were talking is so you had this incredible institute you created for 19 years what would have made you walk away from that when it was my school and it was able to really support people in their personal growth with with the spiritual growth and emotional intelligence it was thriving when we became the only school of integrative health in the united states that had a medical internship program and that was affiliated with the department of higher education in the state stopped wanting to be healers and they wanted to have that certificate, that diploma, that that thing that proved they'd studied. And they no longer truly wanted the evolution of the healer from doing your own I don't believe you can be a healer unless you've done your own healing. Mm-hmm. And that's what it was like for many, many years. And then once we became affiliated with the state and we were absolutely pioneers here, the process of healing for many people became insignificant. It became far more of an intellectual endeavor of learning and far less transformational. And to me, what feeds my heart and my soul is watching personal transformation, watching us become a healing presence just by walking in the room. And when people would go to the Department of Higher Education and say that, you know, she's making us do too much homework. She's going off topic. And somebody would ask about breast cancer that had spread to the brain. And I'd be talking about breast cancer in the brain. And they would say, I wanted, I paid for the curriculum to be just focused on breast cancer, not cancer in the brain. And the Department of Higher Education would send me a certified letter and say, you must give them exactly what it says in the agenda. That all of a sudden it was like, wait a minute. We're not talking about spiritual growth and development. We're simply talking about sticking to facts. And life is based on fact, but it's infused with spirit. It's infused with flexibility and the learning and the wisdom that comes. Knowledge is extremely important, but wisdom is far more important. And when there were more and more people just searching for knowledge and not searching for wisdom, to me, it lost the value. It lost the quality of the school. It just became another academic program. And that's not really what I wanted. I wanted a work of absolute transformation, not just academic development. And so it really broke my heart every time these types of situations would come and I would work with the students and say, let's look at healership because you never know where it's going to go when you work with the patient. You never know what's going to happen. You need to be open to respond to who they are, not what your agenda is. They considered that very unscientific, and they resisted. 
So it's it's just it's an amazing adventure. And I think this is when one of the questions you had asked, when did you know and you didn't listen? And for a year or two, I kept saying, this will improve, this will improve, even though I knew further and further in my soul, you're being called to the next step in your journey. You, you've really impacted literally thousands of people. It's time to go to the next step in the journey. And my heart broke in leaving but it also came alive because I trust completely, and I've written books on this, that our dreams are only the beginning of who we are meant to be. And my dream became so much more than this program at that point in time. It expanded so much more enormously, and I had put off following that dream for two years, and it was time to close the program and to move forward to the next dream, to the next journey. And so I did. Well, thank you for sharing that because... I think it, like you said there, towards the end of that, it had evolved past where it was serving you anymore, and it wasn't what you wanted. And and so, yeah, you had made a partnership with the state and different entities, and that shifted how it showed up. And that no longer was in harmony with where you were or what your goals were. And sometimes we do that. You know, the partnership we choose, it's like, hmm, okay, well, that can still function like that, but that doesn't involve me anymore. Right. And finding that discernment to go, you know, as much as it breaks your heart, just like you talked about, it's it's run its course for you. And recognizing that. And, and thank you for giving such a great example of, of obviously a very challenging choice to make. And yet, as you said, it also allowed your, yourself to come alive. Right. Yeah. Right. So what I'd love to do, Dr. Dorothy, is is actually I know we've been talking a lot about past experiences and partnership, and I would like to bring the conversation into the present. So I want to ask you, what's one partnership that's that's really exciting in your life right now? There are, you know, when I was looking at this earlier, my thought was there's certainly the partnerships with my children who are now adults. Um, and there's also with a few women that I am in business partnership with and recognizing how partnership is really what we're called to do. I believe, you know, we are called to be contemplatives, which is in our quiet, reflective, spiritual moments, but also social activists. If you look at the great men, the great leaders, unfortunately, most of them are men. It's, you know, look at Christ, look at Gandhi, look at Buddha, look at Mohammed. All of them were both contemplatives as well as social active people and as we become more and more isolated less and less community activity the way it may have been 50 60 years ago what ends up happening is we still need that and we fill these voids with networking we fill them by creating joint venture partnerships we create them by again creating a partnership because it's such a an important part of our lives and I am involved in two different groups of um, partnership, one a mastermind group, and I'm actually opening my own mastermind group in the first week in May because I can see how extremely important it is to have partnerships with others who share similar dreams. And for me, um, they just excite me because what ends up happening is when you share your dream with somebody and they share theirs with you, you end up seeing yourself as well as seeing them in a light that, that is always evolving and expanding 
that excites me beyond words. To wonder, look at who we were, look at who we've become. Who knows what we're becoming? And that's really exciting because it's a conscious choice to keep connecting deeper and deeper and to keep growing further and further. Yeah, that's that's great. And I, I think it's so valuable that you brought it to our, our attention. Just our nature is to be in partnership. Right. We naturally gravitate towards that. And we're designed to do that. Instead of going, I need to do it all by myself, which is actually the genesis of this show, is that's how I used to live until I realized how much I was missing. Right. To going, oh, well, you've got this amazing skill or this amazing insight. I want to partner with you. I want to partner with you. And that's where it gets exciting to me. It, it takes you know all the weight of doing the things you're not necessarily good at off your shoulders. And somebody that loves to do those things steps in and you're like, everybody's getting to do what they love the most. How cool is this? Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Dr. Dorothy, we've arrived at what I call the bring it all home portion of the show. And this is where we, we really step away from the stories. And I ask you to provide some simple, concrete guidance for our listeners so they can improve their partnerships right now. And where I'd like to start is I'm curious what you feel is the best partnership or maybe it's relationship advice that you've ever received from someone else. I would say that no matter who you are in relationship with, you need to give them permission to be human. So often when we're in relationship, whether it's business or intimate or with our children, whoever it may be with friends, we are offended when they are simply being human. None of us are perfect. Give everyone you're in relationship with permission to fail. And notice if you experience something they did as betrayal, it may not be. That may be the filter through which you see it. They may never have intended to hurt you. They may never have intended to, to miss they were supposed to do something with you. They didn't put it in the calendar. And you will never be disrespected that way again. And take a deep breath. Allow them to be human. There's a big difference between somebody having a pattern of letting you down or a pattern of disappointing you and somebody who simply is human. And, and I think we need so much more of that. We expect so much perfection from the people in our lives and it's absolutely unfair. Yeah, that is, that is definitely some great advice. And so true in our current world with all the things where we just put on the best face and we never let anybody know we have anything not working. I call it the Facebookization of the world where every cup of coffee is the best cup ever. Oh, God, yes. And it's like almost taboo to say anything, you know, negative of, oh, I'm having a miserable day. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I don't like life today. Or I don't like people today. That's okay. When you don't like people today, it usually has nothing to do with the people in your life. Yes. It's usually your stuff. So take a deep breath and know that. And stop blaming the entire world for getting in your way. You don't like people today, honey. You need some alone time. Period. It's not that complicated. <laughs> Well said. Well, I'd love to know what you feel is a, a book or a resource that you would recommend to our listeners and, and why that particular one. Um, I love the book. It's an old book, but I love the book Anatomy of the Spirit by Carolyn Mace. And I think what that does is show people that we are embodied souls and there's so much exquisiteness to this journey that isn't obvious. 
there's so much more to life than what we see. And secondly, if I may, and this seems biased, but my first book, Dreams Are Only the Beginning of Becoming Who You're Meant to Be, is a book that talks, the backdrop is my autobiography of the orphanage and, and the housing projects and religious life and so forth. But the message of it, and I get this constantly from people, the message of it is that life is meant to be lived one dream at a time. And that when we don't give ourselves permission to follow our dreams, we prevent ourselves from becoming the people we are meant to be. And that every dream calls you to develop yourself more and more and more in order to achieve that dream. And so the person who achieves a dream isn't necessarily the person who had it in the first place. You can dream to be a teacher. By the time you go to college, by the time you take your exams, by the time you're in the classroom, you may realize that teacher fit this person four years ago beautifully, but it doesn't fit the person you become. Those dreams are never a mistake because they take you, it's like climbing a mountain. By the time you've achieved it, it takes you to a vista you never could have seen before. And you're so much more, so much greater than you were before. There's so much more of you present. And I think that's a huge message we need to get. So many people judge themselves because they followed a path and it wasn't utopia. And now they think they made a mistake or they judge themselves for it. When that dream just took you to the next step in the journey, continue following them. There aren't any mistakes in it. There's an adventure you took and you learned more than you would have without following it. Wow. That's that's really amazing. And I, I'm glad you brought up both books because I think they obviously will serve our listeners well. Um, and for anybody listening, I'll have links to those on the uh, webpage for, for Dr. Dorothy's interview. So you, it's really easy for you to see what it is and, and find out more. So what I'd love to do now, we've just got one last thing to cover. And I'd love to have you share with our listeners an example of what I call the payoff of partnership. And, and what I'm looking for, and you've shared many of these, but I'm looking for something really specific where you were able to do something or create something or experience something solely as a result of being in partnership. When my son left for college, I took him, drove him to Cornell University in upstate New York and drove back to Hartford, Connecticut, where I was living at the time, sobbing the whole way because I loved being a mom. And I knew once they go away, you're not really a mom anymore. You're just ma and they visit you. And I ended up looking at where do I want to go with the rest of my life and realized I needed a break. I, I had been seeing 42 patients a week as a therapist. I had had my school, and I was teaching in grad school. And I thought, I I need to get away. And I literally I poured myself a glass of wine when I walked in the door before the wine was done, made plane reservations, and moved to Anguilla in the British West Indies, six miles northeast of St. Martin. And I lived there for 10 years. And I spent the first four months, I think, just crying and, and grieving and letting go, reviewing my life at that point, my 40 years of, that, of living at that point, and looking at all the wonder and all the letting go and the sadness and the endings that took place. And then decided at one point, it's time to come alive and jump back into life. And I made a girlfriend, I met a girlfriend there, and I started dating somebody and those two people, each one from a male's perspective and one from a female's perspective, showed me a world I never would have seen through my eyes. They showed me this beautiful little island of 6,000 people. The whole country was 32 square miles. They showed me 
their world through their eyes. That was a gift I never, ever would have had if I hadn't joined in partnership with this, with this relationship, this man, this relationship I was in, or this girlfriend, uh, friendship I hadn't made. Without taking the risks for that depth, that deep level of partnership, I would have missed the richness of a world that I only would have seen as a tourist, that I only would have seen as an expat who lived there for 10 years. I got to see that world in a view, two different views, than I ever, ever would have had. And the gift, the exquisite gift, was seeing life in so many different ways, realizing there's never a wrong way. There are just so many different ways. And, and I feel blessed beyond words. And to this day, seeing the world through other people's eyes is such a gift. And I will never, ever forget the gift of, of those relationships in my life. Wow, that is that is such a great example of that payoff of partnership. Thank you for sharing that. I think it's clear to, to everyone listening, I know it's clear to me, that we have barely scratched the surface on what you have available for folks. And what I'd love for you to do now is, is if you could let us know just how can our listeners contact you and learn more about what you do. They can go to my website at askdrdorothy.com, askdrdorothy.com. They can certainly drop me an email at dorothy at askdrdorothy.com. I would love to work with them in any way or share with them in any way I could to truly support them in living the adventure of this journey. And as I said earlier, I'm, I'm starting a mastermind a group at the beginning of May. And for those who are ready, it's to take their leadership, the leadership of their own life, or the leadership of their company, whatever that may be, to take it and expand who they are as leaders and expand their life so that they can truly live without limits and um, go all out. Life is meant to be lived fully. So they, again, can contact me through my website. There's a whole page there, Ask Dr. Dorothy, or drop me an email. I would love to connect with anyone if there's a way in which I can support them on their journey. Thank you. For our listeners, That all that information will be listed on the website. So if you didn't catch it all when you were listening or maybe you're busy doing something and listening to the show at the same time, don't worry about it. Just go to the show page on Speaking of Partnership and you will have all the links right there. Well, Dorothy, your, your stories, your insights have been absolutely amazing. I've learned a ton. I have no doubt our listeners have too. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you. It's been an absolute joy. I love sharing a message of hope, really, and joy, and living life to its fullest. And and knowing you you need to spend time in contemplation, but you can never do this journey alone. Well said. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. I release a brand new episode every Monday through Friday, so make sure you don't miss a single show. Go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher and iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else, either in person or on the web. Have a great day, and remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.